2: Thank <laughs> you. What is going on, Roto-Grinders? I'm your host, Dean, for the NFL Pick 6 Show. This is week six. We've made it, boys. Two of the absolute best DFS minds, fantasy football minds in the business. How does this show? How does this show work? I'll tell you how it works. We talk about the main slate. We're not talking about the buys. First week for buys as well. No Atlanta, no Jet Talk, thank God. No 49ers, no Saints. We're not talking the Thursday night game for, uh, game for uh, Tampa and Philadelphia. That game should be a lot of fun, actually. Uh, Miami and Jacksonville, that game in London, we're not talking about that Boy, we, we hate London. Why are we so cruel to them, given them the worst football games out there? Uh, Seattle and Pittsburgh not talking about that. So, no, Gino Smith talk there. And Monday Night Football should be a good one. Buffalo and Tennessee, we're talking the 10-game main slate. Three of our favorite games, we're going to talk about that, break it down from every possible angle. And then we're going to run it back and talk about our favorite players, the positions of players that are in games uh, outside of those three featured games. Uh I'm just the host. I ask all the questions. These are the guys you want to listen to. Uh it's Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis. Uh Rebar, how are uh, how are things in your world?
1: We're doing good. You know, the bye weeks are here, like you said. So just a little bit of content creation alleviation. We'll take whatever we can get. You know, I don't need a mile. Just give me an inch. Uh, so, you know, we're, <laughs> we got a little extra pep in the stuff this week. Uh, so, I mean, it's a fun slate, too. Like we talked about last week, all the great teams were off the main slate. And the slate ended up being a lot of fun, a lot of chalk hit, but it still was fun. Um, and uh, this week, we've got all a lot of those guys, except for the Bills, back on board. And it's the first main slate without the big dog. So I'm sure he'll have his 14-point game now when he's off the main slate.
2: Yeah, uh, the, the last slate would have been a lot more fun if uh, Saquon Barkley did not lose his ankle or whatever. That was brutal yes. for me. Yeah, Evan Ingram, the least he can do, at least give him his ankle. Like he's doing nothing else out there, but uh, unfortunately that did not happen. Uh, all right, also going to bring in, of course, you guys know John Daigle, NBC Sports, a good football show podcast. Daigle, you missed my pre-show rant about uh, – uh, mr Tuttle uh, was talking about the, the little giants and i wanted a whole rant about the defense of the annexation of puerto <laughs> rico which I, I sound like an angry old man i think so that's why i'm probably fired up would the chief stop tell.
1: would the chief stop the annexation of puerto rico right now no
2: they would well, no they would be know. smart enough to know to at least put like 10 guys <laughs> on the 50 yard line they were on their own one they're down they, how do you call 99 yard play and it's a trick play and you bite on the trick play Oh, you, you just got to lecture your kids. If you're watching it with like, this is not how it's done at O'Neill. You do
3: the better. Chiefs, the Chiefs couldn't stop Dawson Knox. They're not stopping the kid in big pads running towards the goalpost. Icebox? Uh, the, the one with the, the glasses, the one that shows up in pads because his mom won't let him play football. That there one. you go. How I are think things for you? That oh, movie, by, That movie, by the way, holds up. Uh, for whatever you thought about it as a kid. If you hated it, you probably still hate it. But if you think it's good, and I did think it was okay, I think it still is okay. Also, Angels in the Outfield, still good. Don't want to hear it. No, it, it can't possibly still be. Angels. They,
2: they, I'm not believing Tony Danza's got like a 95-mile-hour fastball. With his no I'm one's fine, asking huh? you to believe it.
3: You just, you just <laughs>
2: watch the movie. And it's still good. You don't have to believe it. It's more believable that Angels are like <laughs> making plays in the outfield than Tony Danza has like a 95-mile-hour fastball. That's more plausible. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got any uh, any other sports movie takes here? uh Reborn. We're going to dive in and talk about who the was it? What fans? was
1: the did? Was it Brendan Fraser a uh, uh, pitcher in one too? The scout?
2: Yes, uh, the, Albert Brooks, Brendan Fraser, and he was he was like a, a
3: modern day Otani because he was an amazing right. hitter, yeah, great pitcher.
2: I don't know why I know that, but there For, you go. Yeah.
3: For adult sports movies, uh Major League still holds up as well. Still great.
2: What about Major League 3, though, back to the minors? You don't want to talk about it? Like it didn't no, happen?
3: No, no, no. The, the Walter Bumblebees. Walter
1: Coggins. The Walter Coggins jam.
3: The Bumblebees or whatever they were called. The uh, Buzz, I believe The was. Buzz, that's it. Yeah, the Buzz. <laughs> they were not good. Not the Bumblebees. Oh, boy. Uh,
2: let's move on. Let's talk about week <laughs> six. Yeah, like it, Just a 10-gamer. So, uh, you know, our pool of players to pick from. A little bit more condensed. No Atlanta, no Jets, no 49ers, no Saints. And again, we don't talk about the Thursday night game, Sunday morning game, Sunday night game. Uh, we do have content, obviously, at Roto-Grinders. Feel free to check that out as far as the showdown slate. You guys can get 10% off or 10 bucks off your first month of RG Premium. Go ahead and uh, drop that link in chat. What up, chat? Do like, do subscribe, turn on notifications. I know most people, uh, they listen to us on the replay. So. But if you guys are out there lurking, I'm going to keep an eye. And If you guys have anything to say interesting that's worth the you – know, comes into the conversation organically, we're doing our best to work it in there. Very, very first game on the slate that we're going to be talking about. Again, three featured games before we dive in and break it down position by position. By the way, I finally nailed it. I always try to predict. Like I usually get like two out of three. What are the what are going to be the games we feature? And I think I, I it was pretty clear. I think it was pretty clear as far as the games we're going to be talking about. Uh, Chargers, Baltimore, three point line. Baltimore three point favorite. Fifty one and a half is the total. Dago, this is a. I think this is a your selections or Rich's selections. You guys both. You guys both agreed, correct? Hey, this is
3: a- my email was down all day. I didn't realize it till seven o'clock, and then I looked up and I saw. Not only did he pick the exact games I was going to send, but also he used my email sign-off tag. So there's that I, energetically, which always makes me laugh. <laughs> energetically John.
1: I almost put. Uh, I, I really had uh, Houston at the Colts in there, and because
3: I thought Dago would would pick that, so I took it off. Uh, I, I tried to get away from Arizona, <laughs> Cleveland and Bidley because there are supposed to be bad wins, but also like it's a fun game. So I figured that yeah. was going to be the third one.
1: I mean, plus we, I think I, are any of these teams we talked about? I feel like we've talked about the Cardinals absolutely every week on the show.
3: I have tried to avoid it but I feel like they're always in a shootout potential as well probably because of the Cardinals so and accidentally- you always want to have that
1: 4 p.m game and they're always there in the 4 p.m slot you know are like- only
3: three 4 p.m's and the other two aren't <laughs> that exciting including the Vegas and uh Raider or uh, Vegas and Broncos what does Rondell
2: Moore have to do to play 50% of snaps like good lord he's making incredible plays out there uh they could get 48% last week it's I know we're not in that game I just want to I'm just upset about it for some reason. We're,
3: we're going to talk about a little Rob about, about Rondell Moore. Don't you worry. 10 games. Right. Maybe we can get a little cute with Rondell Moore this week.
2: Well, to start us off as far as the Chargers at Baltimore, uh, great quarterback matchup, uh, two defenses that can be exploited as well, too. One of the biggest totals on the board, 51 and a half. What, uh, well, Lamar or, or Herbert, do you, do you have a preference as far as which side you want to start talking about there, uh, Rebar?
1: Yeah, I'll take the Lamar side because I think it's pretty fascinating. You know, we've talked a couple of times on this show and other shows, uh, you know, about Brandon Staley's defense and how they approach, you know, uh, attacking offenses. They don't let you hit any vertical shots of them. They're number one in the NFL against the deep ball this season. Opponents have only completed four of 22 passes further than 15 yards downfield against them. And they give you just multiple light fronts. They invite you to run the football. Here's the catch. In a number of years before this year, we would have said, all right, the Ravens are totally going to acquiesce that. And they'll run it down your throat. Ravens suck at running the ball uh, with anyone besides their quarterback right now. Uh, All their running backs were last time they were good was 2017. Uh, So, I mean, none of of these, all these guys are just vagabonds. The only guy that has any juice, they presumably just shoved to the end of the bench and don't want to give any touches to you and Tyson Williams. So between Latavius Murray and uh, Devontae Freeman, uh, these guys are going to be toting the football for them. So, I mean, they really just haven't been able to run the football, but because they, can't run the football effectively with the running backs. It's actually made them a little more pass heavy and they've been really good at throwing the football. Who knew that Lamar Jackson could throw the football, right? You know, Bill Pollin rolling over in his grave. He's not really dead, but he might as well be. (laughs) Uh, Lamar Jackson leads the NFL in depth of target though, 11.0 yards, uh, 11 flat and, That's where he's lived. So it's kind of a strength of what Lamar's lived on so far to start the year versus what the Chargers are excellent at taking away. Uh, So it's going to be an an interesting scenario the way this plays out. We've got Lamar Jackson coming off of another primetime, you know, kind of showcase game. Last time they did this two weeks ago, they came back and were fairly flat against the Lions. Uh, You know, I know Marquise Brown left a couple plays on the the board there. But this could be another kind of, you know, maybe letdown spot where people are chasing a little bit of those points that came from that game. Because what the Ravens have done well to this point in the season are absolutely what the Chargers are excellent at taking away.
3: John? very much the same for Lamar uh just the fact that not only do we get perma jailbreak Lamar every single week with 33 pass attempts and 9.1 yards per attempt compared to the 7.8 he averaged in his MVP year but also he's accounted for 46 percent of the team's total rush yards because like Rich said there are just body bags behind him as running backs who can barely move the ball and help move the chains so it is literally everything we've wanted and every offense has to respond and trying to outscore the Ravens as they also have a league high-end players on injured reserve. And Lamar is still helping them do this to a four-and-one record miraculously because he's been the first quarter MVP.
1: The offensive line is trash too right now I mean
3: yeah.
1: Ronnie Stanley's been hurt uh who they lost someone else on I think lost Ben Powers on Monday uh, Andrew Villanueva's been one of the worst tackles in the league he's kind of playing out of position but it's it's been Lamar has been doing a lot of lifting early in the season.
2: Uh, Favorite pairing with Lamar. Is it Brown or is it Andrews? Andrews, of course, knocks down that completely horrific tight end spot. Do you guys have a preference anybody about specific lean or just get shares of both?
1: I personally like Andrews the most this week because of where he's priced, uh, you know, coming off on Monday night because he had the blow up game while the pricing was locked in. And then also, like I said, where the Chargers are not giving up any production is downfield. Uh, three of five of uh, Marquise Brown's touchdowns have come on throws over 20 yards uh, downfield. 40% of his receiving yards have come on those targets. Like I said, strength for strength this week. Now he's fast enough to get by anybody in any matchup, but uh, those intermediate targets are where the Chargers will give up some production. And typically it's been the tight ends. Logan Thomas caught a touchdown against them in week one. Travis Kelsey had seven catches, 104 yards. Darren Waller had 50 yards and a touchdown against them and then David and Joku last week uh, the Chargers forgot he actually was even on the team because the Browns had forgotten for a couple of years too so uh, yeah so some, some tight ends have been productive and I think it's going to be a week where people want to get to Kelsey and if they don't get to Kelsey they're just going to punt with Ricky Seals-Jones and we're going to see some of those guys that are kind of in the purgatory pricing at tight end maybe kind of float through like Andrews and Waller
2: yeah I mean again we record this on a Wednesday night injury stuff maybe changing as you know we saw last week with, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook being ruled out, Madison obviously became this mega play and mega chalk play and pretty reasonable price kind of make, it just changed up your build to some degree. So understand uh, that when we're having this conversation, we're recording this Wednesday night, we're all about as far as injuries, but right now it's going to be tough to get Kelsey in there. Of course, always great for tournaments, but the way I'm looking at it, as far as a build, it's just hard to make them work. And you referenced it, Ricky Seals Jones, will talk about him soon enough, uh, super, super cheap on DK. Uh, speaking of that, John, uh, I got to know is a, uh, Again, I don't know if we'll need this play. I'm not sure how much the the salary squeeze is going to get us, but Rashad Bateman is 3K on DK. We don't know if he's even going to dress. I I assume he might dress. They're pretty thin as far as receivers. I don't know the status of Watkins he left last game. Is he interesting
3: if he dresses for this game at
2: 3K still minimum?
3: I don't know if he'll dress, but he better, because if he doesn't dress, this is the end of his 21-day window. So he's out for the year if they don't activate him. Uh, Having said that, they also – would only have, depending on Sammy Watkins' pending availability, uh, Devin DuVernay or Miles Boykin, who I doubt they'd throw out there. So I don't know if I'll get there, especially because it seems like he'll be very popular, and those 3K guys are always the ones we're trying to avoid, especially in tournaments. Maybe in cash games I could see, depending where the tea leaves lead to Sunday morning. But overall, yeah, I think the target tree is pretty simple with Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown Mark Andrews on top of everything Rich said also playing a career high in snaps and career high and routes run on Lamar Jackson's drop backs because they have to they need it and so overall yeah like since Sammy Watkins had seen at least seven targets in his first four games for earning three last week and then getting pushed out of that game with the hamstring injury like maybe Bateman falls in that category but also maybe more just goes to Marquise Brown so that's what makes it really interesting.
2: Rich, feel free to give him a thought on that and then work on over to the Chargers pretty clear who like, you know, who you want in that team, Herbert uh, Eckler, Big Mike, uh, I guess Big Mike's the, the guy, he's the super Allen, or it's a small sample stuff, but everything I'm looking at basically suggests Big, 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 Big Mike is the guy this year, but Allen's still like, he's still legitimately good, uh, your take as far as the Chargers, if you have anything to add or, you know, any thoughts as far as Bateman, by all means, go for it.
1: No, not much to to add in the bait. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a prayer shot, you know, it's a mid price prayer shot. Uh, So, I mean, it's a guy playing his first NFL career game that basically missed the entire preseason too. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely just a leap of faith, Uh, but you know, Hey, sometimes you gotta make those Uh, the charger side is pretty interesting because, you know, no one's blitzing Herbert right now. Uh, He's been blitzed on just 26 percent of his dropbacks it's 30th in the NFL but when he is blitzed he's completing just 52 percent of his passes for 5.4 yards per attempt uh, compared to 74 percent and 8.2 yards per attempt when he's not blitzed the Ravens are a blitz heavy team it's what Wink Martindale does Uh, so be curious to see if they dial blitzes at him and if they can get home with them to kind of disrupt Justin Herbert no one's really kind of sent a lot of pressure at him uh, we seen the Browns without Jadavian clown. He couldn't even get, couldn't even get to him last week. And it was a big problem. We'll probably talk about that later too, uh, when we get to the Browns. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, big Mike was is finally doing what the big Mike truthers have been waiting for all along. I'm, I'm in that crowd. Uh, you know, I loved him as a prospect coming out because I'm drawn to that archetype. Uh, you know, and if you're going to give a, a guy that has that archetype, that can can win in the end zone and win vertically, actual target volume then you see where the ceiling can lie I mean he had 16 targets last week he now has nine or more targets in every game but one and if you look at for his career in the top six games that he's had in targets three of them have come just the five games that they played this year so he's finally being used the way we want to use him to be used as we envisioned it I will say Keenan Allen though just the way Herbert's playing and the amount of volume Keenan Allen's still getting like we're gonna run into some hot Keenan Allen weeks eventually I mean he's still third in the NFL in targets he's uh fifth in the NFL in receptions like there's gonna be some weeks where he pops you know I know he's operating now with an actual player that's being used as an alpha x and he hasn't really played his career with a lot of those types of players and we're seeing that kind of have an impact on him but a lot of targets have still been there and a lot of catches still come his way if you if you're buying in on Herbert like why wouldn't you be? Uh, He's going to go along for the ride eventually. Big Mike and Eckler aren't going to hog all these touchdowns all season. Uh, There'll be an opportunity for Keenan to have some spike weeks still.
3: Allen has two more targets than than Mike Williams on the year. Three fewer end zone targets, but all of that is not enough for him to be 40 points behind Mike Williams right now. So we are going to get some regression weeks. The only issue is that probably everyone in knowing and loving the over in this game, especially after last week, that was a scary spot, in my opinion, for Herbert and the Chargers' offense. And it turns out he was the overall QB one of the week because it doesn't matter because it's justing effing Herbert. Then uh, I bet they're going to catch quite a bit of ownership, which is going to make it, you know, it's not really the week to go overboard on Mike Williams since that would have been last week uh, when everyone was off of him and he was 2% in mid stakes and high stakes.
2: Yeah, the interesting thing is the price reflects how much better Williams has been than Allen as well, too. 8.1K on DK for, for Williams. That's that's up there for sure. That might be the highest he's ever been on DK, to be honest. Uh, and Allen at 6.4K, distinct drop as far as the price. handle. similar, 8K for Williams, 7.1 for Allen. Do we care about the, the tight ends, Parham, uh, Cook? I mean, of course, you can work them in if you're stacking the game or something like that. Anything we're excited about here, Rebar, anything else that's worth noting, or it's just a Pretty clear, you know. Eckler, the two receivers, the quarterback, and that's
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how. I, I mean, listen, the, the wisest men in the world haven't been able to get Jared Cook right for his entire career, so <laughs> I don't know how you're going to land on it outside of just pure magic and happenstance. I mean, people will point to the the production the Ravens have given at the tight ends, but they've played literally every elite tight end in the season so far, so uh, take that for a grain of salt.
3: Also, for, yeah. for Austin Eckler, uh, Ravens have allowed the most receiving yards to opposing running backs. So a little bit of a sneaky spot here for him if we think the rest of the passing game is going to come in over roster.
2: Moving on. We're moving on, right? We're done with that game, I believe. That's sure. everything. All right. Sure. Kansas City at Washington. Washington, seven-point dog. Biggest total on the board. 55 and a half is the number. It is huge. Uh, for Kansas City, lightning crashed on them last week. Uh, they flopped, but I'm not sure you can find – A better man, a better player, a better spot for Pat Mahomes to rebound in this game. Uh, Look, come hell or high water, seven nation army cannot hold me back from rostering uh, Mahomes and Washington chairs on the other side. We'll talk about just how future both these defenses have been. This is the pretty clear rebar. This is the pretty clear, like, premier game uh, for DFS. Goofy things happen. Football things happen. Weird tight end score touchdowns and all that. But, you know, this is the best place to start for the most obvious touchdowns, you know, aside from ownership because everybody else is going to see the same thing i assume you're not one of these people that are panicking about the kansas city offense and saying like oh kansas city is dead and they're not going to make the playoffs and all that they have a tough record ahead and they're two and three as far as their opponents it's going to be kind of tricky going forward but i'm not hitting the panic button just yet in KC. i'm assuming hill's going to play we'll see i know kelsey had that stinger as well too ceh of course is out we'll talk about that in a second but your assessment as far as kansas city we're still we're still rostering them for dfs right
1: I mean, they had the number one offense in EPA through four weeks of the last decade before last week. So I think that they're still just fine. Uh, But this is the... The matchup of what the the two movable objects uh, defensively, (laughs) I mean, the Chiefs have allowed 30 or more points in four straight games. That's a franchise record. Washington's allowed 30 or more points the past three games. Every team to face the Chiefs has hit their implied team total. They're the only defense to allow that to happen so far this season. Uh, These teams are 32nd and 31st in scoring rate allowed per drive. Uh, they, They no they haven't stopped anybody. There's not one person. I mean, look at some of the teams on their samples, you know, too. I mean, two weeks ago, so the Kansas City Chiefs have faced the Browns, the Ravens, you know, the Bills, lead offenses. But two weeks ago, they allowed 460 yards and didn't even force a punt to the Eagles. (laughs) <laughs> the washington just made they're allowing hail mary's to be completed they're like james winston is just doing what he wants uh they let like daniel jones in week two basically carve them up uh the it this defense is getting just destroyed both these defenses haven't stopped anyone the entire season washington has had like one like area that they've been really good against the run and that's it and that's like really it but they're just making them throw up more. So, like, you, you don't even want to be good against the run. This the Bucks are living this life too. The Bucks have all these injuries on their secondary. And guess what happens when you're really great against the run? Teams are just going to throw on you. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I mean, the actually hurts the Bucks defense that they're so elite against the run. They should start giving up rushing yards. It would help them, it would help help them out a little bit, and maybe it would help Washington out a little bit too, because <laughs> Uh, opposing running backs only run for 3.7 yards per carry on them. That's six in the NFL. They're 10th in rushing points allowed. Uh, so it just makes the teams throw on them and they have not stopped anyone doing it. So, I mean, yeah, this game is a smoke them. If you got them game, you're going to have to talk me out of players. If you're fading this game, you're going to need to hope for all the random touchdowns. You're going to need Demarcus Robinson to score. You're going to need uh, Felton to score. You're going to need all kinds of random dudes. You're going to need Adam Humphreys to get a touchdown, uh, Diami Brown, whoever, whoever in this game, you need some, uh, some oddballs because every Everyone's going to be highly orbiting this game.
3: If you want to know how bad Washington's defense is, just look to last week. Jameis Winston had a season high in passing yards on a 50% completion rate. It didn't even matter. They just couldn't stop him at all.
2: How did they get this one so wrong? I know it's hard to predict, but like everybody was saying, a lot of people were saying this Washington defense is going to be top five. I know Young is spectacular and all that. Why are they so bad? Or is there some positive regression coming or this is it? They just stink and that's that.
1: Well, two things: the the edge rushers aren't haven't had as strong seasons. Montez Sweat and, and, and Chase Young, they have not been strong to start the year. Uh, Jonathan Allen's been excellent on the interior. Secondary's not good. Linebackers are bad. And then if you go back to last year, they had the easiest quarterback schedule in the NFL. They faced one good quarterback all year, and then in the playoffs they faced Tom Brady and gave up thirty points. So I mean, you face start facing some good competition, and you know some things switch, and you don't, and your edge rushers aren't getting home
2: worth noting by the way i was uh this is a free tool here at Roto grinders the defense uh defense versus position DraftKings specific uh so washington and casey are one two as far as yielding fantasy points to quarterbacks 28 and 28 ish the third worst team is a 24 and a half just just to kind of describe how much worse they've been than everybody else Mm. total fantasy points i think they're one and three with miami in the middle miami of course not the main slate just both these teams are bleeding fantasy points for sure Uh, Dago, do you want to handle the running back situation with CEH out? Are we interested in Williams? Are we interested in McKissick? Uh, Is it going to be kind of mucky? Is he just going to throw the ball a ton because that's what you do against Washington? What's your suggestion as far as that backfield?
3: I do think Jared McKinnon's role is slightly overblown. Uh, the Chiefs had 24 passes to just two carries from the middle of the third quarter on, from the time CEH left. They trailed 31 to 13, so there was no choice. And even then, it was Daryl Williams who had five touches on and four targets compared to Jared McKinnon's one. Jared McKinnon has one carry all year. Like, they're not going to use him at that roll at all. And we've seen they still have confidence in using Daryl Williams both on third down and inside the 10-yard line. So I do think he's actually looking at a 70-30 roll, 80-20 even perhaps, uh, over Jarrett McKinnon, who I think people are going to assume is just going to take all of the third down snaps. Your thoughts, Rebar, as far as that backfield. Is it more of an avoid than not an avoid?
1: It's tough because, I mean, Daryl Williams opens up a lot. I mean, so does Ricky Seals-Jones in this game, too. I mean, because, you know, so the Chiefs are, like, they've been uh, awesome forever. Like, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Holmes are never cheap. They never will be cheap. And Terry McLaurin is, is fairly expensive, too, you know, on both sides, So, you need salary relief, guys. So, I mean, your choices are to play Daryl. Uh, you know, and we saw him at the end of last year, play 70 and 79% of the team snaps when CH was out at the end of last season, we know he, he has their only two traditional goal line carries of the season when they actually line up and run the football on a traditional stance and don't run all these goofy motion plays at the the three yard line like they do. Uh, so, I mean, if, if there's going to be a goal line carry, it's probably going to be him. I think he's what he's four, nine and five, two he's four, nine on DraftKings and five, two on FanDuel. I mean, it's really cheap for a running back in a game that could have 60-plus points. Uh, you just, you know, it opens up the door to get a lot to these high-ceiling guys. Your only other option here is McCall Hartman if you want to not really pay for anybody because uh, everyone else is expensive. So it's Ricky Seals-Jones and Darrell Williams. And if you play Ricky Seals-Jones, you can't get to Kelsey or you have to double up a tight end. So it's – yeah, I don't think he's hands-off. Uh, he's not someone that I think can get you to, like, 20. I think Darrell Williams is going to have, like, a 20-point game or a 25-point game given the way salaries are this week being a little tighter and we might have things open up as the week goes on, but he can, he's one of these guys that can at least open the door to fit some of these guys in your lineup, because you're going to want to run back McQuarren,
3: you know, and do things like that. So you're going to need some money. Just remember that, Everyone that uses Daryl Williams will probably have the same build after they stick him in. They're trying to spend up for the same reason. So just be very careful about what you do after that and try to get contrarian around him if you do stick him in. But yeah, the it's all the pieces. That's the issue. Uh, I think everyone may try and get a little cute with DeAndre Carter. But remember, DeAndre Carter only played... for. Three reasons. One, because Curtis Samuel got injured, then also because Dammy Brown and Cam Sims were out. So we don't know the statuses of those players just yet. Um, otherwise, then DeAndre Carter would become a good cheap play. Otherwise, he's back to being the team's third or fourth receiver. So we're not really worried about him. Ricky Seals Jones, also, it's an amazing play, not only because he played a career high 99% of the snaps, ran just two fewer routes than Terry McLaurin last week, but also the Chiefs are allowing a league high 12.3 yards per attempt to opposing tight ends. So, like he's also an awesome play. So even the Chiefs plays here can hit
2: yeah ricky Sills jones expecting to come out and play on virtually every single play like you said all the targets last week eight i think it was and the price is not they did it not fully adjust uh, 3k on dk it's all sort of dependent on how like tight the cap may be but as of right now it looks kind of like the cash game du jour uh we don't need to tell people that mahomes is a great play and hills a great play and kelsey always a great play It just dependent on like how much it hurts the rest of your lineup uh kelsey is the cheapest he's been all season long i think that's worth noting it's 7k he did have that stinger at the end of the last game, too. I assume he's going to be fine. Stay tuned on that. Um, yeah. What about the Washington running back situation? Uh, Daniel, you have any, any thoughts as far as there? Like, again, everybody's in play for sure. Gibson doesn't get enough touches that make, gets me excited. But when he gets the ball, he, he can burst for 70, 80 yards for sure. McKissick can catch several, eight passes. You catch him on the right day. Uh, thoughts as far as those two?
3: He's still led the team and touches from the backfield in every single game so far this year. I've seen some of the Twitter doctors like Edwin Porras, uh, Matthew Betts, who are very intelligent good at what they do. They have called Antonio Gibson's fractured shin, a ticking time bomb, which doesn't seem good. But even last week, 22 touches compared to JD McKissick's three and Jarrett Patterson's four. So that's probably going to be one way to sneak Gibson in uh, knowing that he negatively correlates with Tyler Heineke, who again is also an awesome play, but also because he's averaged six carries per game over his last three games. So I don't mind Gibson. It's just, there are a lot of ways to play this game. A lot of ways.
2: Yeah. uh, And just depending on how things shake out with Washington, outside of like McLaurin is a fabulous play. All their secondary receivers are very, very cheap. I don't know the deal with Samuel. I don't know the deal with Brown. We'll see Sims. We'll see. But if we can project, we can figure out who's going to get some run in this game. They're super, super cheap and a good matchup here.
3: (laughs) If Brown plays, just remember he was literally an every down player. Uh, He was running a route over ninety percent of Heineke's backs whenever he was healthy. That's someone I would probably try to jam in and sneak in as a cheap option here if he's active.
2: Yeah, three hundred bucks above the floor, and Heineke, like he's really cheap, and this matchup's very good. And again, depending on how things fall, if I'm getting everything else I want, I don't know if I hate even the idea of him being a cash game quarterback. He's been solid every single week with the exception of Week One, right? Oh no, Week One I think he came in for an injury, right? But last week against New Orleans. Uh, just didn't work out for him, but I, I guess this game feels like it's going to shoot out. He's got some legs. He's, gonna, you know, not full legs, but enough legs to, you know, give you a bit of an upside at that as well. Uh, what is it, five eight on DK? Do we, do we like that there, Rebar?
1: Yeah, he's real cheap on DK. He's a little higher on FanDuel, but five eight is tough to get away from because you're talking about a, a team that's going to have to chase the scoreboard. You're probably going to get to that bonus. Uh, for sure, the Chiefs are 30th in yards allowed per pass attempt. They're 31st in yards allowed per completion, 26th slot in touchdown rate. He said you get a little bit of sprinkle with the legs, and because you're going to need salary to get to some of these expensive guys on the slate, uh, he definitely is probably going to be really popular, and for good reason. I don't think there's any reason to tear him down.
3: You don't think, since Patrick Mahomes has faced the league's lowest rate of blitzes, Reeves, and uh, last week against the Bills, of course, they didn't blitz him once on Sunday night. Um, since Washington blitz is the third highest rate, they probably calmed that down, right? They're not going to send the house.
1: Yeah, we saw it with, when they, when Baltimore played them too. Like they, they no one's trying to blitz him at all. Yeah, that's what it's, I figured. I just wanted to well, see. Well, we saw this happen last year, you know, when they faced, uh, you know, the teams, teams abandoned the blitz last year, started to play too high, shell coverage, make you just beat them, make the Chiefs just beat you with paper cuts instead of give up one play. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what teams did last year, and that's how it's rolled over this year. Um, you have to be able to get home. I mean, Washington has the assets to get home with four. Um, those guys just have to play up to their levels. I mean, Chase Young and Montez Sweat need to play a lot better than they played to start the season. Um, that's the only chance.
2: <laughs> Does this look more like a, a Kelsey game or a Hill game, or like they both well yes. positioned?
1: Yeah. Okay. Is that
2: the trick question? The, the answer is just yes. And of course, I mean, they're going to destroy concerns.
1: them. Like they're going to. They. They. I mean, they might not punt. I mean, it's they're gonna they're gonna move the ball at will they're
2: angry too right Like they watched on national tv they got walled they got embarrassed at home Uh, you know there were some weather issues and all
3: that but it's it's kind yeah. of unfortunate for their defense actually sorry to cut you off Dean but You're like, the Chiefs offense is still like even if you look at the advanced metrics EPA uh, per drop back success rate like the Chiefs offense is still number one in the NFL and before that Bill's games they were number one by a wide margin so like the Rams Cowboys and Bucks closed the gap a little bit but the Chiefs are still legitimately the best offense in the NFL it's just that their defense is so bad that no one is talking about their offense that's why Patrick Mahomes who is an MVP candidate is not an MVP candidate and the people that actually of the boat's eyes because their defense is so bad and overshadowing the rest of that team.
1: And also, yeah. I mean, they lost three games, but they lost three games to, to teams we believe are going to be there at the end. So it's yeah. like not—it's not like they're out here like they, that. They've that they've lost some of these games to like a, a lower end team, or like when they lost like the Raiders last year. Like they've lost to guys teams with like elite quarterback play. And so I mean, they're not going to come out here and get get run up by Washington it's and it's happen
3: and it's also clearly just the turnover battle they're losing uh I understand a couple of it has been dumb choices by my homes but like the fluke fumbles as well that they're not getting any fumble luck whatsoever so they're just on the wrong side of volatility right now in every category so do we like the over in this game 55 and a half like
2: I know it's a big number but I just I feel like the over is so good like, Casey is gonna put a 40 they're putting a, a huge number aren't they I feel like they are I, I don't like the under I know that. <laughs> Dude, not gonna, no, I'm not gonna bet the under. Yeah. Anything else? I mean, we didn't really we mentioned McLaurin's name in passing. He's obviously a fabulous play. Great run back if you're playing some Mahomes. Great pairing with Heineke as well. Is there anything else that we need to need to point out in this game? Or it's pretty clear like who the, the guys we want. I think
3: smoking Washington if you got him. Smoke you got, yeah. I think Washington's wide <laughs> receivers, so the way to get tricky here. Uh so just keep an eye on the injury report.
2: A Z, uh, Arizona at Cleveland. I'm I'm just reading my, my shorthand. I don't know why. Arizona at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is a three-point favorite here. 49 and a half is the total. Uh, Well, I'll I'll yield to Rebar here because that's your team right now. You're living in your Cleveland base currently. Oh, man, I don't – they're so boring because they just run the ball and they're they're good at it, and I don't know which running back ever to play. I think last week both got there, right? Um, Yeah, so Cleveland versus Arizona, 49 and a half as far as the total. Arizona, much more interesting. We'll talk about uh, Rondell Moore and uh, Hopkins and all those pieces in a second. But let's talk about the Cleveland side first. We're not playing Baker Mayfield, are we? I guess we can, but I'm not. You want to play him? Have at it.
1: Maybe. Uh, so listen, the Browns have a 25% passing touchdown rate right now. Yeah, that seems sustainable. That is not <laughs> gonna hold. The NFL average basic rate is 62% <laughs> passing touchdowns. The yeah. Browns have a 75% of touchdowns to come from rushing. Like, I don't know if this will be the week or there's a week coming up, but there's going to be a week where Baker Mayfield throws like three or four touchdowns. That's just a way there's no way they're going to go through the course of season with a 75% share of touchdowns just to come via rushing. So, I mean, there is intrigue at least to be early on that, uh, especially in a spot where it's such an objectively great rushing matchup for them as a home favorite against uh, a team that is 31st in Rushing yards allowed on carries uh, of ten or more yards. The Browns obviously lead the NFL in that category. uh, You know, with their awesome running backs, and the Cardinals are just hemorrhaging rushing yardage when they can. They're averaging one point three yards fewer yards per rushing play in their opponent that's 30th in the league browns are number one in that category so it really the easiest signal is to say yeah play some browns running backs uh but man what if this is the this is the contrarian spot just because we know they're going to have passing touchdowns like they're going to have passing touchdowns at some point this season um odell is just ridiculously cheap man and i get people are tired of hearing about odell being cheap and people are tired of chasing the the odell games uh but hey man uh here it is again, man. Six K on FanDuel for a guy like Odell Beckham. Like he's five 500... one on DK. What's that? Five one on DK. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's I mean, it's crazy. And in a scoring environment, too, that could be like this. So last week they had the scoring environment, but the thing is, is if you look at the chargers. It's not an Odell Beckham thing. The Chargers, we talked about it earlier to open the show. They have given up nothing. They're number one in the NFL against deep ball and they're number one against opposing wide receiver ones. They've given up no production and they've played a bunch of good wide receivers to start the year. They're not giving up big yards to the passing game into wide receivers, uh, in turn. So, I mean, he's really cheap there. It sounds like Jarvis Landry is not going to play again this week. Um, it is only, you know, Wednesday night, but it sounds like he's not going to play. It said he's targeting this three game homestand to return, which doesn't sound like, Hey, I'm going to be back in week six. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's fine to be contrarian. It's a spot where it's objectively strong to say, yeah, the Browns are the play. They've priced those guys way up though. Like you aren't getting, even Kareem Hunt is not cheap anymore. And he's been on a ridiculous heater of points scored over expectation. Kareem Hunt has a lower share of his team's backfield touches than Cordero Patterson. <laughs> he's just, he's running absolutely pure right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a point where the Browns have some passing touchdowns. That's all I'm saying. It's going to happen. I
2: just, so, yeah. Oh, go go ahead. I, I have some takes as far as Cleveland. I'll, I'll reserve them for a second. Go ahead, take. i give
3: your thoughts. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, Baker Mayfield also last year fifty eight percent completion rate on throws twenty plus yards downfield ten point eight yards per attempt. This year, it is at just 25% throwing downfield with eight yards per attempt. So that would be some positive regression. Since when the pocket has been clean, he has been an effective thrower downfield. Not this year, though. So that's another reason to believe uh, if when he regresses. It's still harder to spot in-season regression as it's happening than off-season because we have months to talk about it. We know what's coming compared to the rest of the league metrics. But against the Cardinals defense, like, sure, why not? Because they got away with one last week. Uh, Trey Lance, you know, QB team even in having 16 carries but it should have been much better than that after so many injuries in the Cardinal secondary so if they're still dealing with those secondaries why the hell not
2: Beckham but uh three targets last week in a game where they scored 42 points he was on the field for 81 percent of the snaps the snaps have gone up in every single game 64 79 81 percent if you cover the name up like the price is fully justified like he's not been good he hasn't been good for a while outside of a couple outlier games
1: well his first two games were good he was excellent when he came back. He had a 31% team target share, and he should have scored 30 damn points in the next game. <laughs> he should have scored 30 <laughs> points against the Vikings. The guy's wide open on several plays. Like yeah. it was it, nothing that happened against Minnesota had anything to do with Odell Beckham. That,
3: and that, that's again, that's the issue is that they're prayer yards right now. Like Beckham leads the team in air yards and targets as he came back, but also Baker Mayfield has the highest. Inaccuracy rate of throws downfield 68% of his throws so like right now he's not even hitting them that Vikings game like you said Rich Beckham was wide open there should have been two three touchdowns Baker left on the field Uh, played well a season high 305 yards two passing touchdowns this past week against the Chargers and what I thought was a very tough spot so maybe that was the game he got right in.
2: Isn't Mayfield playing through an injury, like a labrum or something like that? Is that possibly affecting? His Only when he out? plays
1: bad, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how these things work, right? It wasn't a story uh, in week, in week uh, four. And then it was a story in week five because he was trash. And then it wasn't a story last week because he played well. Like that's how those things work, right? Like. Yeah. I mean, uh, and also,
3: <laughs> also last week he had a carry where like he led with that torn labrum shoulder. It's his non-throwing throwing shoulder. And he like led. And he was just bad in line. week
1: five. Like, it's yeah. okay to just say like the dude was ass in week five. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you going to do, man? Like it happens. Like, he's not that type of quarterback. He's not, he's not going to come out and be elite every week. He's just not that type of guy. He's going to be, he's re, he's a streaky player uh, in game too, in game <laughs> and for stretches of the season. So I don't know that's what it is but i, I listen you, you can the, objectively it's a great spot for the browns running backs like it just is i get it uh we don't i mean it's it's a fantastic spot for those reasons we laid out but and people
2: uh, just don't like playing them because it's a clear split in the backfield and, and like you said you need some mega positive variants for hunt and he's been getting there with some great positive variants but you're gonna rely on that and the price is always what 6.2k that's pretty i don't want to say seven four just, on
1: FanDuel now too uh it's so they, they bumped him up uh, a good a bit. He's more than DeAndre Swift, uh, more than Daryl Henderson on FanDuel, more than Joe Mixon on FanDuel. Guys they are just going to touch the football inherently a lot more uh, than he will.
3: And and Chubb has 22 touches in three consecutive games, literally just a matter of whether he gets in the end zone or not. We mm-hmm. talked about that last week. I played him against the Vikings, had 22 carries, didn't get in the end zone. Last week was flop lag. He got in the end zone, and he was a great skinny stack with Mike Williams. Yeah, uh,
2: I mean, I think Chubb's an amazing tournament play for sure, for all the reasons we're talking about as well. And I just think people don't like playing these running backs because it's a clear split. And you know, Chubb every single week, his is, is usage is what, or snap count is between fifty and fifty-five percent essentially. That's what it is. And you don't really see him split the beyond the not on the, they the field at the same time, far as I can tell. Uh, I'm looking at their snap count doesn't doesn't total over a hundred. <laughs> so maybe there's like the off play here and there where they, they play together, but I guess that's not going to be a thing. Uh, let's talk about the Arizona side um you know Kyler Murray obviously one of the best quarterbacks every single week he's uh pricey I think people are going to go to Mahomes first if they're spending all the way up it just kind of makes sense but for sure Murray can get there kind of a down week last time but uh you know doesn't mean he can't do it this week uh Rebar your thoughts as far as uh Arizona Murray the backfield we we don't really know right now as far as uh Edwards is what not practicing or he's kind of a light practice it's a Wednesday so who really knows but apparently he's dealing with a shoulder
1: yeah, Kyler, uh, you know, just the one rushing yard last week. There was the first game that they had where they were kind of stopped. You know, previously they went over 400 yards in every game and were scoring basically almost at every drive. Uh, so, I mean, he hit a little bit of a lull last week. Uh, but, you know, we've had more of a sample of him being really excellent. Like you said, I think a lot of people will play Mahomes. It'll be interesting to see if we get Clowney back on the field. So, without and Clowney last week, The Browns pressured Justin Herbert on just 25% of his dropbacks. Their previous three games, they had pressured the quarterback 54% of the time, 54% of the time and 37% of the time. So it was a big difference that they just weren't able to get home uh, on Justin Herbert last week. Um, You know, you're going to have to get there uh, against Kyler Murray. I mean, under pressure he's completed just 57% of his passes, but when you don't get there, he's completing 80% of his passes when kept clean. Uh, So, I mean, you're going to have to get some pressure on on this, on this kid. When you, even when you play perfect defense against Kyler Murray, it might not be good enough as we saw several times with the Rams in the Rams game. So he's interesting. I think where he's priced remember too, at like four o'clock, there's probably not going to be a lot of roster ownership spread around uh, given the slate. So it's not a typical week where you just have, you know, jam, you have a lot of free salary at the end. I mean, if you want to get these Browns running backs, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, it's like one way to have the optionality to kind of spread money around and make some late swap moves. Uh, and then Ezekiel and Dak Prescott being the other two guys, because we're not going to see anyone in the Patriots come with any steam. We're not going to see anyone really come on the Raiders or Broncos with any steam. So to have like the, the ability to late swap on the slate, if you're 1 PM chalk guys, don't hit Uh, you're going to need to roster some of these expensive, uh, Cardinals, uh, and Browns running backs.
3: And even in that uh, 58% completion rate when Murray's under pressure, we saw even against the Vikings. Like a couple times this year, teams have thrown some cover zero at him and sent the whole house, and he just backpedals like he's in Madden and throws it up in the air because he's also an intelligent player who can read the defense and give his man one-on-one lob downfield. And uh, that's why he's averaging 10.2 yards per attempt under pressure as well. So even if the Browns can uh, contain the pocket, like there's still some reason to late swap on Murray here. I'm on mute. It's uh, week six. You think I can do
2: better than that? Uh, yeah. So I was asking the problem with uh, the problem with Hopkins. Like he hasn't had a hundred yard game just yet. One of the best receivers in all of football. Is he a victim of the, you know, his teammates being really good and just spread the ball around because that's what they do there in Arizona. And uh, also he's dealing he's dealt with injuries as well, too. I think he was, he was ill today for what it's worth. He really cares on a Wednesday. Well, hopefully he feels better, but it probably won't be an issue come Sunday. Uh, are we going to get an
3: explosion game from Hopkins? Is, is it coming? Is this it, Daniel? I don't know if it's coming, but I know it's the time to buy. Uh, last week, a season high 29% target share, and we are removing Max Williams' 10% target share from the offense as he's out for the year. Now, Daryl Daniels is on COVID list. Are they going to bring Daniels back and treat him like Max Williams? I have no idea. I've seen Cliff do dumber things in his career. But there may be a reason also why the Cardinals ran a season high rate of – 10, or, uh, 10 personnel, four wide receivers, 28% last week, which also led to Rondell's Moore's season high in snaps, a 19% target share as well. And Moore also for the first time all year ran more routes than Christian Kirk. And so there's a little bit of encouragement there. But either way, when you take Max Williams out of the offense... I want to see where ownership comes in at because it may not be a reason to pay down for Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. Maybe it just means more targets for DeAndre Hopkins too. It's a volatile situation. So I think it is a very good week to pay up for DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think a lot of people are going to get there.
2: I don't think so either. Again, they're probably going to go to Tariq before they're going to go to Hopkins, which makes sense. But when you consider ownership in tournaments, obviously then it makes sense to pivot to a guy like Hopkins. Uh, your thought uh, Reeves, as far as the Arizona passing offense, don't forget to talk on Hopkins. Moore did get almost 50% of the snaps. He's still pretty cheap. He's pretty explosive. He can get there in one play. He can get there in a 70-yard screenplay. They manufacture We'll see how that goes down. He made an incredible catch last week, possibly the catch of the week. It was pretty, uh, pretty awesome for sure. Uh, I would imagine his snap count is only going up. We'll see. Stay tuned on that. But uh, the Arizona pass catchers, what do you have for me?
1: Yeah. We've been there before, you know, after week two as well. I also think Rondo Moore was a part of the install last week because Chase Edmonds was a game time decision. So I actually believe that a lot of his, because he, he had three rushing attempts too. I believe he was actually actually going to be part of the game plan regardless, even without Max Williams getting injured in game because of the status of Chase Edmonds, you know, so, and the role that he's operated in, uh, to start the season two. So I believe he was initially part of the install. So we'll see how much the install is this week. We've seen it kind of dry up before, like I said, after week two uh, you know, we still got Christian Kirk and the ghost of AJ green. still kind of running around here a lot. I mean, he's still, he's doesn't, the guy's out there. Uh, So, I mean, he's got, he's going to have to worry about him, but I like Hopkins. Because you know, I think all those things are true. I and you look at Hopkins the way he was used last year, uh, this there was a signal for this. He his A dot wasn't strong as strong as his wide receiver at what one alpha peers. Uh, and he lived a lot on target volume last year. So when you reduce that target volume, you're gonna have lower, you know, kind of results. And that's what we've seen so far. You know, I mean, he hasn't had double-digit targets in a game this season. He had nine double-digit target games last year. Uh, we're, so when you reduce the targets with the way he's used, I mean, he's not a guy that is, is a major separator, and, you know, he's winning downfield a lot. He's a clasher, man. The dude is a bully. He's, he's one of the best players at using his body. Uh, and you saw that in the touchdown that he had last week. He's one of the best boundary receivers in the game, arguably the best boundary and receiver in the, currently in the game. But the Browns have been absolutely crushed by opposing wide receiver ones so far uh, this season. They're, they're number one. Uh, or number 32, however way you want to say it. Number one in points loud or number 32. Uh, through five weeks, Tyreek Hill got him for 11, 197 and one. Brandon Cooks got him for 978 and one. Justin Jefferson got him for 684 and one. Big Mike got him for one sixty-five and two. The only guy that didn't do anything was Allen Robinson uh, in the, the game where nobody did anything. I don't know if the Bears ran out. Offensive play in that game, they actually had one (laughs) net, they had one net passing yard in the game, so I don't think anyone did anything. Uh, so I mean, I think that the matchup lines up well, but all those things are true. I don't know if we're ever gonna get a like 30-point Hopkins game because I don't really see a scenario where he's gonna probably get to the 15-16 target games that he could have had last year because these Ansler guys are just way better than what they've had last year. And Kyler has been way better at getting the ball to them uh, than it was at this point last year where they ran just three by one ISO. And, you know, Hopkins was, you know, not doubled. he ran like a cross or a smoke route. Uh, So, I mean, I, I do like him in this matchup. And I do think that he's fine to lock up salary because he gives you pivot options later. Like I said, this is a unique slate, man. Like if you're, if the 1 PM doesn't hit like it did last week, uh, you're going to need to make some moves this week and uh, there's not going to be a lot of salary tied up on, a, on multiple teams. So you're going to need some of these pieces to kind of be able to, to move, move some chess pieces around the board later. Yeah, it's a good point you make as far as, like uh,
2: that's always something we always remind people about That is like, you don't just set your lineup and forget it. Don't do it romp Appeal style. You got to like be attentive, be on top of these things. And based upon how your team's doing in the first, you know, the 1, 1 p.m. games.
1: Yeah, if you're on uh, Terry McLaurin, to... if Terry McLaurin is your highest roster wide receiver and he doesn't hit, you got to do something at four. Like, you know, you, you, you know, It's
3: it's still the one major edge too in DFS. Like everyone is so sharp going into lineup now. Like even the fact that, the field knew Leonard Fournette was going to be chalk and thus everyone pivoted off Leonard Fournette and got the passing game last week and Brady double stacks was effing genius I didn't get there but everyone else I know got there and uh, it was an amazing play just because they knew what what the field was going to come on but late swap is still the one thing everyone lacks behind in a lot and so like it's just the one thing I keep stressing to people the Friday 6 p.m eastern show where everything's wrapped up after injury reports we do it a good football show shameless plug uh that's the one thing I keep stressing is late swap is still there for Everyone, even when you're at the bar with your friends, set your phone to send you a reminder and just do it at two o'clock every single Sunday.
2: Yeah, and if your your player's crushed, and you have some players that are like three, four, five, six, seven percent O's, they absolutely crushed, and you have somebody that's ambitious, and you're you know in the four o'clock mm-hmm. slot,
3: try to get somebody who's chalky and let them come get you. Like, oh, <laughs> trust me, I th- I, th- I thought I was good with two percent Brandon IU Turns out two percent Brandon could might as well be zero percent.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, on to the next week, I suppose that's how it works. Uh, anything else as far as this game, or shall we do the uh, the breakdown as far as position by position? Again, if you guys are lurking in chat, I'm gonna keep an eye on there. We're gonna do our best to you know. Any anybody you guys want to throw out there, want to talk about? I'll try our best to entertain it. Can't name everybody, obviously, but if there's a quarterback you want to talk about, a receiver, a running back, all that good stuff, we'll do our best to hit it. We're moving on, right? That's it for this game. Yep, yeah. fun game. All right, all right. Before we do that, before we do the position by position breakdown of the players and the games that we've not yet talked about, I do want to mention jock market. Stop throwing your money away. It's time to check out Jock Market, the app where daily fantasy becomes a stock exchange. You buy and you sell shares of players in real time for real money. Download now for a 100% deposit match up to $50. Use the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Get this if you do not turn a profit this week. Jock Market, they're going to cover your losses in your very first event. Download Jock Market in the app or play stores or check out jockmarket.com. That's J O C K M K T.com. Again, use the promo code grinders for a 100% deposit deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit. All right. uh, Rebar, what do you have for you as far as quarterbacks we've not yet talked about? I think Burrow's pretty interesting. Any matchup against Detroit's pretty interesting. He still has his three key receivers and a dome reasonable price. That's one guy that I'm kind of looking at amongst the quarterbacks. We've yet to talk about your thoughts or anybody you want to add to the conversation.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the natural, you run the burrow chase stack back. I had a lot of that last week with the, you know, Devonte Adams. Um, and I ran into the same problem you had Dean. I ran into the problem where my one o'clock lineups were awesome. And I stayed on the chalk and uh, with Saquon and it was over quick. It, it was, a it was just, a, it was a paperweight. Uh, you know, ended up min cashing a lot everywhere, but it could have been a lot better Sunday. Uh, I thought we were really cooking uh, with them, but I think you can run both those back Detroit's been, uh, the, the second worst offense against deep targets to you. That's kind of where Chase is living. Chase has run really hot. He's way above, you know, uh, he's the wide receiver 32 in expected points. Uh, but you know, the dude is just, the dude is just running absolutely pure, uh, because he's getting, he's able to turn these moon shots into you know, uh, the touchdowns, uh, on, on downfield targets, he's caught eight of 13 for four touchdowns. All other Bengals receivers have caught two of eight uh, deep targets for just 56 yards and no touchdowns. It's really kind of been one of those things, but, uh, you know, you hope that the Bengals, uh, the last two weeks where they've been a little bit, uh, over past expectation, you know, compared to early in the season that when we play these opponents like Detroit and I think they play the Jets next week that we don't see this reversion Uh, because, you know, it could easily be if Joe Mixon's healthy. I mean, no team has given up more touchdowns to running backs than the Lions. 75% of the touchdowns, a lot have gone to running backs. You you like say you would peg that to be start giving up touchdowns to the wide receivers, especially with how bad their pass defense is. Um, but running backs are getting into the box against them. Even if you take away the Aaron Jones game, it's still 66.7%. So a lot of production there. Joe Mixon looked good when he touched the ball last week, you know, especially on that touchdown. Um, the only other guy I will bring up, and it's gross to even bring it up, I think he's more of a FanDuel play than a DK play because Heineke's so cheap. Um, but Carson Wentz is super cheap on FanDuel. He's 6,700. He's had 18 or more FanDuel points in every game but one, and it was the game where he wasn't even supposed to play uh, with basically no ankles. Um, he's he's actually been a lot better than people think he's been, especially for fantasy. Um, and, you know, the Texans are another team that are like the Lions. Like, they aren't giving up a ton of passing points because the touchdowns haven't come and teams haven't had to throw on them for a full game. Uh, but the Colts have a sneaky 26 and a half point team total. It's the same as the Browns and higher than the Cardinals, the two games we talked about, uh, two teams we talked about a minute ago. So, I mean, I think. There's a lot of Colts plays on the board, uh, especially Michael Pittman, who was on Monday night and neither site decided to price up.
2: I do love when the injury report doesn't say ankle, but says ankles, plural. I I do get a certain (laughs) amount of enjoyment of that. And maybe maybe the Sharps, maybe Vegas is on the fact that like T.Y. Hilton might be back in our lives. And historically, you know, player versus team and in the dome, Hilton just absolutely crushes, (laughs) crushes Houston, 4.1 on DK, 5K on Fando. I don't, do you guys have a read? Anybody have a read as far as Hilton, if he's going to play this week? And- if he does, does he get standard
1: run? It's not that that Colt wide receiving core is really hard to crack. Um, I saw beats to suggest that they you was know, still like, you know, cause they, it's the same thing at Bateman's end. So them activating him to practice just opens up the 21 day window.
3: As, so, as someone yeah. who does the waiver wire, I can assure you, like, this is the most aggravating thing about 2021 and last year <laughs> is that everyone accounts for three weeks for the injury report, it is so much longer than that though. Because remember, they don't Mm -hmm. have to take them off. And then when they take them off, it's a two-step process. It is activating for a 21-day window and then Mm -hmm. bringing a player back within three weeks, which is why it's always more educational, like it's more informative to look to the bye week. Uh, That's why I like for David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley, we can see they have a week 10 bye, and that's why I assume those players are going to be out until then and not return till week 11. Same for the Vikings this week. Dalvin Cook returned to practice limited on Wednesday, which skews it a little bit, but the Vikings have a bye next week. So if Dalvin Cook is in, I would imagine he's fully healthy because I wouldn't think they'd play him, even though they did – 2 weeks ago, I wouldn't think they play him unless he's fully healthy with a bye right on the horizon. So, that's actually what I use for my injury reports is like their bye weeks coming up. Yeah, not on running backs, yet. I yeah, want Michael injury.
1: Pittman I would love for TY Hilton to actually play in this game. I it, it suggestion seems like it's more of a longer shot because we activated because if anyone wants to play TY Hilton, please go ahead cuz Michael Pittman's going to get a ton of steam. Uh, you know, because he's 5800 on FanDuel. Like, that's too cheap because he played on Monday night and he was locked. He's locked in. The dude has 29% of the team targets the past month. He's a wider receiver, 17 in expected points on the season. Um, and he's facing the Texans. Like,
2: I think he was one of those air guard model, model guys, right? That finally got into the end zone.
3: I think yeah. that's the case. Back to back weeks. Yeah. And that's, what's frustrating about his salary is that it was like four consecutive, three consecutive games. He had over a 25% target share and a 20% this past week, but that was the low in that four game stretch. So like, he's not going away. He's here to stay. Let's clean
2: up quarterback. We, we threw out burrow. Uh, Dak, of course, is lurking. He's one of those guys you could potentially pivot to. And if you had your quarterbacks still left there, if you had playing Kyler Murray or something like that, you're playing Baker midfield. Um, Daniel Jones is expected to play this week. At least that's how he's on track to play the whole giants team. I don't know what you're doing with that. As far as writing up the giants, I'm sure you're having a great time. <laughs> but uh, the whole wide receiving core, I don't know on a Wednesday night, we'll see, stay tuned on that one, but yeah. Thoughts as far as some other quarterbacks.
3: I, genuinely, that's my quarterback pool. Burrow's the only other one I had written down besides the one we were talking about. So I'll buy some time and talk about the giants offense. Uh, Devontae Booker was Saquon Barkley out last week. Did, did, get all 19 touches in a game that Gary Brightwell was also active for. Brightwell just played 16 special team snaps. They didn't play him on offense behind Booker at all. And so I would imagine it's going to be all Booker. Now it's a very tough matchup on the ground against the Rams. But the good news is they also use Booker as their pass catching back with 28 passing routes on the team's 42 dropbacks. So Booker's going to be in there no matter the game script. Also for Darius Tony, people are worried about Sterling Shepard coming back. Remember Sterling Shepard, who has been historically worse from the boundary, a lower yards per route run throughout his career. This same coaching staff just pushed him to the boundary last year, whenever they had a slot receiver in the middle, um, just in giving him 80% of his routes from the boundary last season, a career high rate. And so I would imagine they leave Kadarius Tony in the slot primarily, but Tony's also shown like, no matter what you do, he's averaging 10 yards per catch on screens. Like they're just trying to give him the ball with some and touches. And for, as bad as a prospect I thought he was, like they're finding a way, Jason Garrett, somehow, some way, to get the ball in his hands in a very intelligent manner. So uh, I think Tony's a good play no matter what, even if Step Shepard comes back. It's a lot like we talked about last week where – we wanted Carlos Hyde to be active so we could play James Robinson at lower ownership, and I did. Um, turns out Urban Meyer forgot James Robinson existed in the second <laughs> half. That's part, of the, that's part of the problem I didn't bake in. But if Sterling Shepard's active, I still think Darius Tony's a pretty good play.
2: All right. Other running backs that are worth talking about here, Rebar. I mean, CMC, if he comes back, you know, he was really close to coming back last week. The, the report on Wednesday was it's a 50-50 chance that he's going to play this week, so that'll be fun for sure as Far as making lineups on a Saturday night, hopefully we get like a Schefter bomb or something like that. But we'll see. Stay tuned. But he's just like too cheap on DK at eight. Eight Vandal, I believe, still has him around 10k. He's 10. he's 10. Yeah, which makes it a little bit trickier. And you know, obviously he's a better play for DK just because of his like you know, pass catching ability to get that full point PPR. If Cook does go and like you guys talked about, like why just kind of you know hold him back for one more week, give him the buy, give him three full weeks. We saw the injury to Cook, at least the lion and Madison. Madison, of course, would evolve to become a really strong play once again. Uh, I think he didn't practice on a Wednesday, but I'm not ready to freak out about that just yet. Uh, stay tuned as far as injuries, obviously. Uh, CMC, Cook, Rebar, is, well, I guess the Minnesota situation. Just thoughts on running backs in that game, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's a ton of running back plays out there. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. about the, if you want to go cheap with Daryl or Devontae. Uh, you got some min price guys. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is in a really great spot, 10 point home favorite. We talked about that team total. You know, if you don't want to play the gross players that I mentioned, uh, you know, you could obviously just play Jonathan Taylor, you know, who is still really good at football, as it turns out. Is Mac uh, going to keep playing?
2: Or are they showcasing Mac? What's the story? I don't want to. I don't want three running backs. I don't want to pick one of the. Of course, you know, he's obviously going to be the guy, but just him taking five carries is annoying. Is Matt yeah, I mean, playing? I think
1: he'll he'll continue to keep playing. I mean, Jonathan Taylor was dealing with a little bit of a knee issue, you know, throughout the course of this too. So why not? you know, alleviate his workload a little bit, uh, especially at this stage of the season. I honestly thought we would see more of this with the extra game. Uh, Maybe we do as the season progresses, like stuff like we've seen with Pollard and Zeke. I thought we would have a lot more workload management for running backs. It really, it has happened in some cases. We're seeing in Detroit, um, another great running back play, the DeAndre Swift, you know, this week, you know, where he's, I mean, DraftKings refuses to price DeAndre Swift up. He's literally built for DraftKings pricing, and he just is hanging around like 6K like every week. Uh, and the Bengals are 29th in receiving points allowed per game to opposing running backs. Uh, they're, they're good against the run, and the Lions can't run the football anyways. Uh, but, I mean, another dog situation. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a situation set up for DeAndre Swift again to catch a bunch of passes and get high-value touches, and DraftKings is like, well, we'll just leave it at 6K because what whatever um but i did see the, you know, see their best, so, pass is best
2: pass catcher is detroit's best pass yeah it's, uh, it's him right i mean hawkinsons he's playing through it the sun he's god kind of has the been
1: the sun god's been playing all right the last couple weeks um, the sun but, god i don't know who that is, is yeah I'm, I'm on raw <laughs> <laughs> no. um yeah i mean so i, I mean plus deandre's just a natural bring back you play burrow and chase and you can you have swift it's real easy to get there uh that route um and then uh Nobody's, I feel like no one ever still wants to keep playing Daryl Henderson, but because uh, they're a little worried about like one, he seemingly leaves the game every every week now with some kind of injury, whether he goes to the blue tent at least once. Uh, but uh, he's balling, so he's getting a lot of high value touches. The Giants are 30th in yards per carry to running backs, 23rd in rush points allowed per game, huge favorite. It is a road game, but huge favorite. Um, so, I mean, I think those mid price guys are also looking pretty good too.
2: Dago, thoughts, anything you want to add as far as those players thrown out there? Anybody else want to add to the conversation? Mixon, I think I saw you speaking about Mixon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you feel better about him because uh, he's ahead of schedule where he was last week, and he's practicing at least. I think it was a was limited or a full practice on a Wednesday, but
3: practice nonetheless is positive, right? Limited, but also he was DMP Wednesday through Friday last week and was limited on Saturday, and then, of course, out-touched 15-11 and out-snapped 41 to 19 whereas if we get even one full session maybe even limited all week I think he's a pretty awesome play because if it is a blowout situation no matter who you run back with the Lions I would expect now he's already back at practice Mixon to be a part of that blowout also Bengals second highest pass play rate neutral game skirt the past two weeks but maybe that is because Mixon was on the men so I do love Mixon a whole lot at a uh, low ownership this week Rich already talked about Henderson who remember before Thursday and the two games prior that he finished did not get injured during 30 of 34 running back carries and hundred percent of the team's running back targets, literally using every snap over Sonny Michelle. Same thing last week, except he injured got injured and then Sonny Michelle came on the field first first touch. But when Henderson came back in the second half, Michelle just two touches in the third quarter. So uh, Henderson's a pretty good bell cow to play. And then, yeah, I think that's about it. Honestly, we already talked about Christian McCaffrey. Just remember that, this very same coaching staff brought Christian McCaffrey back last year after a six-game absence from injured reserve and still shoved him 18 carries and 10 targets. Like, they're going to bring him back, and he's the RB1 of the week. Is p Pirine also
1: on the COVID list uh, for the Bengals? I We're playing
3: Chris Evans as well if, like, Mixon is limited. I <laughs> will get th- I will get there.
1: I'm not going to get there on Chris Evans, but just thought I'd throw that on to the Mixon thing just to monitor uh, p Pirine's eligibility of uh, clearing two tests.
2: I was watching Red Zone and I saw Mixon make a fabulous play at the goal line. He didn't have a great box score or anything like that, but it was just, it looked like a guy that was healthy. I don't know if you guys saw his touchdown, like a three yard touchdown Mm -hmm. or whatever it was. Nice little shake. Uh, But like you said, if
3: that backfield is his, go for it. Well, he finished with uh 33 yards and two of those yards were 10 carries. Like, and the touchdown did look good. It was a cut up field like a zone run. No big deal, but other than that, like he started the game, he played the first two snaps, but he was clearly hobbled in that game. they forced him in. Whereas again, if he practices throughout the week, that's a pretty good sign and no one's going to play him because they're still worried about injury. I think he's a pretty good play. I mean, it's the Lions. I'll pl- I'll play him like 60% snaps
2: against the Lions oh, yeah. or something like that. Um and you guys mentioned Henderson is kind of a sneaky bell cow because if you look at his snaps they're like off a little bit, but they're justifiable. There's reasons why. And if he does stay healthy,
3: he's a guy that can get, what, 85% or so. He gets him on the right week. I think Rich, Rich is the one that called him the Deontay Johnson and running backs. And it's like, it's so perfect. It's the <laughs> perfect label because he leaves every game because he gets injured. But also while he's in, he is the bell cow. Uh, receivers. What, what do you have, Ray Daigle? Who's on the board for you? Who you looking at? I like Cortland Sutton. The thing is, I think a lot of people are going to get there. Uh, Second most air yards in the league while leading his team and targets this year. Tied for third in the league with five end zone targets, but only the wide receiver 33 in fantasy points per game so far because he scored one touchdown to date. So whenever this positive regression hits for him, like Baker Mayfield throwing downfield, it's going to be a floodgate. It's not going to be just one and then he's done. It's going to hit hard. And so uh, the Raiders also allowing 15 yards per catch to opposing wide receivers are pretty good spot. I also like... Robbie Anderson and Justin Jefferson skinny stacks. Uh, everyone is going to get off Robbie Anderson, maybe even <laughs> D.J. Moore, who's a better player admittedly than Robbie Anderson, but hear me out. Uh, Robbie Anderson still without Dan Arnold the past two games. It could just be not just because of Christian McCaffrey, but because Dan Arnold, Anderson has run around on 92% of Sam Darnold's dropbacks the past two weeks with a 23.7% target share. No one's going to play him. He's a thin option, I understand. But that is the run back to Justin Jefferson, who is usurping... Adam Thielen, who is not hitting the touchdown regression the past two weeks. Uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty good play.
2: Robbie Anderson, say it ain't so, man. I had so much of him last week on Yahoo and he's still three bucks above the floor on Yahoo. And I'm probably going to go back there.
3: Isn't he supposed to have like chemistry with his quarterback? And He, he has mm. just one fewer target than DJ Moore the past two games. Uh, I understand it hasn't been there's been no production. I know. Uh, and I say this is someone who played Robbie Anderson last week and then also played Terrace Marshall the week before. Terrace Marshall, the one who's dust. Like he's just drawing dead till one of them gets out of the way. But I still think it's a, it's a pretty good play. Justin Jefferson significantly over Adam Thielen as we're now seeing the changing of the guard to the end zone targets. Like last year, Adam Thielen, a, a league high, 20 in-zone targets, converted 13 into touchdowns. This year, Justin Jefferson has one more, um, also has eight more targets than Adam Thielen as a whole, with nearly 200 more air yards. Like, he is the both intermediate and deep option for this team. All right,
2: uh, jump, jump in there, Rich.
3: Robbie Anderson, lowest catchable target rate in the NFL.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my buddy Dan Pazuta has been on the, the, the Darnold is getting way too much steam and he kind of tweeted it earlier in the week that Sam Darnold is number one in the NFL in EPA on throws under 10 yards and uh, 31st in, in every other throw. So he hasn't been able to throw the ball downfield at all. That's been kind of the bugaboo for Robbie Anderson. The targets are all there. I mean, feel free to keep playing Devonte Adams if you guys want, I mean, is that it? if you guys don't want to do that, <laughs> that's should. fine. Uh, so the last three weeks, uh, you know, Devonte Adams has 45 targets, 29 catches and 402 yards. The Bears wide receivers in total of 35 targets, 19 catches and 299 yards as a group. Uh, So, I mean, you can just play him as the the whole passing option in that game uh, because the Packers or the Bears completely don't want Justin Fields to throw the football. Um, I think we covered most of the wide receivers. We talked about, you know, Pittman. We talked about uh, all the guys in the games that we want to talk about. So I don't really have much else to add. Uh, I do kind of like Darren Waller this week. Just because we've seen Darren Waller do this before, uh, where he goes and lulls. like Darren Waller has done this his whole career. Like he did it, it even in his breakout two years ago. He did it last year, kind of through the front half of the season. Like he's a guy, though, when he gets hot, he puts up big numbers. Like uh, he doesn't always just get there. And like the the five for fifties, like he's been having. Like he'll he'll drop some hundred yard games in a row. Uh, and I feel like this to be a week where he really sneaks through because people are tired of playing him. You're gonna play Kelsey. You're gonna play Ricky Seals Jones. So, and he's another one of those guys at four. Like, if you roster him, he gives you salary to do other things. You can always go to Dalton Schultz. You can go to Noah Fant, um, and then use that salary to go elsewhere if you didn't hit anything at one o'clock. What's wrong with Fant?
2: Why is he so bad?
1: Just the just depth of target. Uh, Five point eight yard, a dot for Noah Fant. I mean, it's hard to do anything on that. Like you're, you know, you're not getting used. Uh, and if any downfield targets, you're just kind of a check down line of scrimmage guy. I mean, that's, it's tough for a tight end to live that way on that low yeah. depth of target.
3: We'll say, uh, did run a route season high 93% of Teddy Bridgewater's dropbacks this past week. And there's a reason for that because Alberto is on IR now. So if he's going to continue playing like career high rates, that's the reason to chase him this week.
2: Yeah. I mean, is that on Teddy though? That's just the way Teddy plays or the way Teddy passes and, or why are his routes so short? Is there a reason for that?
1: Yeah, all of the above. I mean, it's it's tough. To, it's tough to really to really say, but that's how you're not getting there, though. I mean, your your targets, you just can't get there that way. Uh, we've seen that with a couple of teams. was like that until the last two weeks. Uh, T Higgins is living that life right now. T Higgins yeah. is getting no vertical targets. His a yeah. dot is his is eight out of seven yards uh, like that's, that's not going to help us get there. Trust me. I have a lot of T Higgins in my team. I know this. I, I I know the, the the pain that is the T Higgins life right now. And that's
3: happening with T Higgins actually having a higher target share 23 to 22% over Jamar chase. It's just that Jamar chase is so damn good. Like why would you ever have him stop running deep routes as 21 year old Des Bryant? Keep him out there.
1: Yeah. But if you're not like a huge yak guy, like you can't live on ADOT like that. So it's, I mean, that's just fan. I know he's a tight end, but you need more than six yards uh depth of target man to really get get anything going i mean you need some high variance targets for fantasy football otherwise (laughs) you're just kez walkins yeah i mean you need you need something man you need some meat on the bone targets matter not all targets are the same
2: dago i ran some optimals before the before the show and these are the guys that are popping on a wednesday night and you know uh prebar said he was done with receiver but T. Higgins, 55% he's popping. Myers, Jacoby Myers, maybe this. This is the week. He got to the one last week. So maybe it's this every is the week. It's every <laughs> week. <laughs> this is, I love it it's a new there's...
1: thing now. Everyone's everyone's like jumped on it. It's like uh, you just see it everywhere now.
2: And then Brandon Cooks,
1: who like I, <laughs> oh, had, yeah, Brandon, I forgot about can
2: I, I vent about Brandon Cooks last? Because I every the, the four guys that caught I never even heard of caught touchdowns last week for Houston, none of which named Brandon Cooks. And I was like, who are
3: these guys? And Well, yeah. Brandon, Brandon Cooks is awesome because, he, yeah, he's in my list too. He's going to be in my pool because everyone's going to try to play Colts. We already mentioned their team total, mm-hmm. but I wonder how many people are going to run it back. And like, there's only one way to run it back. Like last week was the first time all year that Brandon Cooks had a lower than a 21% target share and fewer than seven targets. So like, that's the play you make. Like you just run back. It could be Jonathan Taylor. It could be Michael Pittman. doesn't matter. However you get there to soak up Colts touchdown equity, also play Brandon Cooks, and that makes you contrarian naturally don't chase chris moore is what you're saying or don't chase chris don't, conley don't play practice squad chris moore no <laughs> the he's a good story at the athletic it's not gonna last no uh, good for him but yeah i did not
2: roster yeah. him last week and uh what are you gonna do yeah I, we're willing to accept cooks and i think he's a uh, forgive him i think he's super cheap too like, like 5.8 or something like that on dk which is a pretty reasonable price as well if you have any more receivers feel free to fire off but the then give me your tight ends dagle
3: I don't think I have tight ends. Uh, <laughs> we talked <grandma>. about <laughs> them all. That's it. <laughs> we talked about Darren Waller, Ricky seals Jones. That's it. You don't want to talk about Evan so, Ingram? We're oh. never going to talk about Evan Ingram. We're never going to do it. To, to be fair though, like 3K on DK, that's one that if Eric Crane were here, I love you, Dean, but Eric Crane would be like, oh, 150 out of 150. He'd just be like, I'm going to go yeah. over the, I'm going to go over a field. Ricky seals Jones, like 99 percent of snaps and. Uh, just two fewer routes to McLaurin. Like, that's the guy you go over the field and say, I'm going to get contrarian around him at that price just because they priced him wrong.
2: He's going to be like, probably, I don't, it's Wednesday night, but I would say at least 25% in tournaments. Like, like, like Alexander Madison
3: there. last week, unless you tell me he's going to be 100%, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, like, it was a free square. You take the free square and you get contrarian around that free square. Man, is
2: it possible maybe the way be different is to run out two tight ends,
3: play Ricky Seals Jones and Kelsey in the same game? Oh, God, I'm going to vomit. I'm just trying That's, to think of a different actually, way he can. You know what? That's pretty good. So I have, I have issues with this because you have to break your brain to think of Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver. But really, he is a wide receiver. So, like, if you just call him Travis Kelsey, the wide receiver, and then put him in the flex, you know, I like that. That's a good play. He'd be, what, wide receiver five on the season or something like that? What would he be? Something like
2: that? Maybe five, six, top seven?
1: Well, his price dropped. He's 7K. So that would put him, what, just, like, right around Terry McLaurin? And, like, he's objectively a guy that hits at a higher rate than Terry McLaurin does.
3: Yeah. That's, a, that's actually a very good call, Dean. I wish you hadn't have said that out loud now. Oh,
2: I wish that. I, I I actually tried to make that happen a couple weeks ago, and I, I had a pretty good lineup with it, but somebody ruined it. I can't remember who it was. But Evan Ingram? You, no, it wasn't Evan Ingram. Actually, my, both my tight ends were, like, okay, I think. it. Uh, you know, it was one of my better lineups of the week, and it is one way to be different is running out two tight ends. It's something I'm more likely to do on DK, just kind of where the structure goes. I don't do so uh, much on Fandle.
3: I'll research on the spot. Rich, give him
1: some tight ends. It's I don't know he probably was Evan Ingram but I mean we named all the good tight ends everyone's gonna play Ricky Seals Jones man like so like you can mix in Mark Andrews and Darren Waller as like the purgatory pricing guys you can pay up for Cal sixty seven K on DK he is eight five on Fanduel so it's hard to do the Chiefs stack on Fanduel it's really hard because McLaurin is seven four so it's really hard to run that so I mean you almost have to take Ricky Seals Jones he's five K there which is pretty cheap. Um, but that's really it, man. I mean, what, who else do you want to play out of these Andrews guys? Andrews, we talked about him. Yeah, Andrews, yeah. Him. you can keep playing Dalton Schultz if you want. Um, that's really even it, like, man.
3: Even though we talked about Noah Fant, like he's still just 500 cheaper than Mark Andrews. You would play Mark Andrews every time over Noah Fant on FanDuel. That's the issue with FanDuel.
1: Yeah, my, my thing is like, yeah, my thing is like if you roster Waller, he gives you Sally relief later because he's pivot money and could still hit. He's He also gives you a contrarian guy later. Um, if your chalk is good uh, early, and then if you chalk is bad, your stacks go bad, you can use that salary to go elsewhere as well. Um, that's what I do like about him, because uh, you can go down to Schultz or Fant and have like at least solid tight ends uh, to pivot to. Um, but yeah, it's something I who else are you gonna play out of these guys? I mean, I would say
2: Hawkinson, but like he's like he was a DMP today, and I think he's playing through some kind of injury. he did get 80% of the snaps, not really sure about he's his playing through shit.
1: Jared Goff is what's happening. Like, well, that too. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a combination of everything, but I mean, Jared Goff has been terrible. Like, he is Jared Goff's as bad as we thought, like, he was in real life. He's, he's not good.
2: Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not working out. And Detroit's they're getting so close. though. I feel bad. Find the closest Detroit lions fan and just give them a hug. Like the way they keep losing every single week. they're just inventing new ways, but uh, yeah, it's been rough for them for sure. Uh, that's, that's the show though. Right. Where are we ending on a high note? Are we ending on
3: John Jared? We didn't necessarily endorse. Them. I mean, it
1: wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an endorsement. So you
3: mentioned his name. even Schultz, like I said, Schultz is a good play too, but even on DraftKings, he's 300 cheaper than Mark Andrews. So like that's a play. But man, I just—you would need Andrews, I think.
2: I'm trying to try to think. of a run back. Yeah, we're, we're ending on a question
3: mark. <laughs> we're ending <laughs> on my rhetorical. <laughs> I, I mean, questions. listen, we're
1: ending on you. Just he's three K. Just play
3: Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's pretty much that easy. <laughs> Are you 3K. supposed to like, fully embrace
2: like Ricky Seals Jones chalk? Like, I, I, yes. I, I, I'm the guy that like loves the chalk usually, but like, it's it's a, that good. It's it's too good to just. He what's, was what's the price. He should be four five. You know, but, what,
3: what should he be? We're going back eight years now, but he was the number two prospect in his class behind Derrick Henry. He is a superb wow. athlete. And as, as a wide know, receiver, and as <laughs> we know, we like tight ends on their second contracts. Now he's on his fourth contract. Don't worry about that part, but he is a Hoover athlete. <laughs> we talk about I mean, three. He had, three, he had three
1: end zone targets last week.
3: hundred percent of the team's end zone targets.
1: He had three end zone targets. He had a 30 yard pass play called back due to penalties. They cheated. Uh, I mean he's 3k he's 3k he's 5k in FanDuel. like yeah you you need the salary do you want to play Tyreek Hill do you want to play Devontae Adams do you want to play any other good players like you want to play Patrick Mahomes like those guys are all expensive
3: Patrick Mahomes Tyreek Hill Ricky Seals Jones uh Dombey Brown and Flex Travis Kelsey there you go we're halfway to a million there it is uh, I'm taking
2: a peek <laughs> at the chat and the chat says somebody's up all over cooks this weekend and somebody else was surprised I didn't mention him I'm not sure if they're talking about Brandon Cooks. We talked about him or it was about Brandon Cooks, Jared. yeah. And to be Jared fair, we, we talked about Jared Cook, we just ignored him. Yeah, yeah. Brandon
1: Cooks is a good play. We totally missed Brandon him Cooks is awesome play. Yeah, I want I Parham to
2: be a thing. Unfortunately, Parham's not a thing. Um, we all but, do. I mean, he's he's he looks like he, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's slowly getting there, man. It's
1: <laughs> listen, it's a ramp up, maybe, maybe fully next year, because Jared Cook's 34 years old. We'll get Parham uh locked in. But he's listen, what they're giving him, he's earning more.
3: And, and to be fair, it's like, it's came from the XFL. Like he is the last hope, beacon of hope for the XFL because like even Jock Patrick sat, tried to survive. Jock Patrick got two carries, then got cut. They are like, no, we're, we don't want this guy. So like Donald Parham is the whole reason the XFL is even remembered right now. It's what about hate me? Uh, that was, wasn't that, was that XFL or was that AAA That was XFL. That was the original XFL. Oh, okay. not, he's probably like 37 oh, years old throwing. I'm not talking about the Vincent Mann one. I'm talking about this most recent one. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: the rock is relaunching it i think it's going to be a thing in like 2022 or something like that, they Isn't that keeps, happening? they keep saying
1: that listen but, the rock does everything he i just heard the rock on a song with tech nine he's rapping now uh really? dude, it, every it, like a rock is just getting his hands and everything man dude's making tequila he's you know making making movies he's doing it he's doing a little bit of everything a rock is everywhere he, he, he might run for president next time next uh, i don't know
3: what's your favorite
1: movie by the rock uh, walking
3: tall walking tall still holds up still good
1: yeah walking tall is solid um yeah i'm trying to think
2: one of the fast and the furious movies maybe
1: i, I do like know. fast five a lot i think fast five is fun uh, fast five the, is a lot of fun
3: it's unfortunate that the last one was so bad uh and yeah. i say this as someone who take who like buys a drink and goes sees it in imax every opening night the last one was terrible sending like tyrese into space okay we're halfway spoilers! there
2: spoilers I, I i'm right here whoa whoa that. whoa
3: well, that was an amazing premise. That was awesome, but the rest of the movie—too many magnets. Way too many magnets. They went to space, like Leprechaun. Back I'm not going to spoil anything. That's <laughs> just, no. I just told you. I just told you the lone good thing about the movie. But you uh, know what I'll, you're
2: getting yourself into when you when you buy a ticket for that.
3: Uh, you know, you just you we can't ask too many questions. Just, you're watching... I, I wanted to get into it. Like, I want the stupidest thing you can give me. But like, it wasn't even stupid. It was just bad. It was just bad.
1: Also Moana, Moana completely jams too. Moana's,
3: yeah, absolutely amazing. <laughs> it jams like for like a kid's movie or it's actually like a good movie? Oh, it's yeah, a good movie. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's, it's like, like all those games? Pixar movies. All Pixar like speaks to adults as well. Um, Up in the Air, Up is still amazing. Up in the Air is like the George Clooney depressing movie. but That's Up an incredible still, movie. I love that movie. Yeah, it's very depressing. But Up is still very good. It speaks to adults. but And Moana is the very same thing. There you go. Oh, I'm thinking, Yeah, Up in the Air is like one of my favorite. Listen,
1: believe in the coconut, dude.
3: <laughs> I, don't,
2: I don't get that reference <laughs> there's a coconut and moana i suppose i've not that's games. your homework no-
3: there are bye weeks <laughs> four teams are off this week go watch moana dude i got like
2: succession starts this week i think Your enthusiasm starts this week yeah. I, I i couldn't look myself
3: in the mirror if i'm watching moana before i'm I, watching succession i Bagel say- asked
1: me he's like did you watch two games i'm like dude like I, I have 20 minutes of free time during the week that's fair
3: I like, like Rich, I keep Friday night and Saturday sacred. I do like golf every Saturday morning, then a dinner, but also like, I don't have kids. So I spend that differently, like watching squid games and then smoking cigarettes. Rich actually has kids to entertain and a wife. So we live different lives on Friday and Saturday.
2: Are you watching squid game with Silva? Do you guys like, or it, does anybody, you guys watch that together? Is there a show? No, has- no, no,
3: no, no way Simon.
1: Evan's watching that.
3: Sil- Silva only watches war movies. He doesn't watch anything else. Really? It's, it's kind of a war, well, not, but like as warlike things happen, spoiler 9-11 documentaries or war lo- movies that's all he watches just the history channel basically yeah that's that's all that man is ever going to see that I or, really... or uh, uh gangster movies italian movies he loves those as well i want a Silva fun fact every single week like yeah, yeah that, there that should, should be, be a Silva
1: corner
2: <laughs>
3: a living
1: with Silva corner <laughs> Devin just listened to us to ramble Are out. Were you recording still? So? we still recording I think, I
3: think we're still recording. I, I thought we were just <laughs> talking after the show. <laughs>
2: okay. So we're, we're still doing it live? All right. Hopefully the chat's still with us. Let us know in the chat. Tell tell us or in the chat or actually like in the comment section on YouTube again because most people watch this on the replay. Tell us your favorite movie by The Rock. There you go. Uh, we'll have a fun little conversation in the in the in the comment section for sure. Do you like, do subscribe? Uh, yeah as always rich you know john they know who you are just in case they forgot whatever reason rich where can they find your work
1: at lord reeves sharp football uh sharp angles podcast uh every wednesday nine eastern daigle and dean pick six
2: this show this actual show you can find us next week john tell the people where they can find you
3: uh at not j daigle on twitter nbc sports waiver wire if you're in the redraft streets also a good football show on itunes also don't watch world trade center with Nicolas cage it's not a good movie
2: oh yeah it wasn't very good
3: uh th- th- <laughs> th- th- good. Th- was that Silvo approved or not, not so much <laughs> just let's just say i had to watch it and it wasn't good
2: <laughs> for rich rebar for john daigle for devin producing that was football good luck this week i was dean we're out of here holler